0: The last of four, four uh, series, four part series, and the first three uh, the first one was called to be a standout. We talked about the peculiar people God created, and we were looking at the scripture in first peter two nine and if you'd put that up there for me, sandy, and um, this is, this is what I call us the new normal. Everybody say the new normal. <laughs> How many of you have heard that expression? well, this is the new normal well you know god 's new normal has been the same normal as always, because it's based upon his word, and his word never changes. But he says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And in the day we're living in, especially even in our nation at this time, uh, I believe that there's a lot of darkness. Uh, I've been dealing a lot in situations with my parents. They're 93 and 90, almost 91. And so I'm dealing with health care. I'm dealing with banks. I'm dealing with real estate, just a lot of situations. And, And I find that, you know, there's a lot of hurting people out there in this world that, uh, you don't find until you get, get out among them and you get in the middle of circumstances that there aren't answers for maybe in the natural, but God always has an answer. Everybody say God always has an answer. And if you're here tonight, you don't have an answer to a situation. I know that the Word of God has an answer. Now it may just be a principle that you follow, but the Word of God always has an answer. Jesus is the answer for the world that we're living in today. And um, it's, it's in that scripture, it says we're peculiar. Now, if you look that up in the dictionary, it just says not usual uh, or normal, special, curious, exceptional, freak. That's a different one, isn't it? Uh, phenomenal, rare, uncommon, unique. And uh, I, I believe we live in a world where it's very uncommon to find people who prefer other people over themselves. Uh, it's, it just goes along with Second Timothy chapter three that says, "In the last days there will be perilous times, and people will be lovers of self, uh, lovers of pleasure, lovers, lovers of of things that concern them, but not so interested in in making sure that other people have what they need ha- in in the day that we're living in." And I believe that's what's going to make us peculiar in the time we're living in. How many of you would like to be able to, if you knew your neighbor didn't have a need uh, met? that you'd be like to be able to go over there and say, you know, here, let me help you with this. How many of you believe that would cause them to see you as peculiar? <laughs> I mean, that would really make you different, especially if you didn't have that much yourself, but you were willing to go over and make sure that they had enough for just what they needed. And uh, I, I know we have systems in our government that are set up, but you know, the government was never supposed to be responsible for people. It was God's people who would take care of, of God's people, because we would have that abundance flowing in our life and everything that we have need of. So it would make us peculiar. It would cause us to be a, a standout in, in a dark world. We would be the light. And then the second week we talked about no fear. It says in Luke 21, 26, that in the last days, men's hearts will fail them because of fear that people will become so fearful that they will give up, uh, you know, even people can have physical uh, problems with their heart just from too much stress and things that are happening around them. So, how many of you would realize as you read the newspapers, even today in the newspaper, uh, that, that fear is out there almost in every article that you look at? There's an opportunity to become fearful about what's happening around us. I feel for those people that had family on that Malaysian plane. And they spent days in fear and terror of what had happened to their families. Uh I believe that we've 911 in our own nation. Things that have happened that we would have never dreamed would happen. We are in those days where those things are beginning to happen. And when they beginning to ha- begin to happen, the Bible says, you know, don't don't be alarmed it because these things are going to happen, but we are going to be different. Everybody say different. We're going to be a people who are not fearful because the just shall live by faith. We're not moved by what we see. We're only moved by what we know in our heart. And, and sometimes that's difficult to do, but God gives us courage. Everybody say courage. And last week we talked about courage begins with humility. You know, humility is simply submitting to God and doing what he says. And that takes humility. You know, that's saying God knows more about this than we do. How many of you confess that all the time? God surely knows more about this than I do. And then we go ahead and try it to do it our way, (laughs) like right after we say that. God surely knows more about this than me, but let me see what I can do about this. And and so everybody say Humility. There's no courage until you hear God. And then once you submit to what God's saying, it gives you courage. And that's what Joshua did. You know, when when Moses died, uh, in the book of Joshua, one of the very first things that that God said to Moses was, Moses is dead, but he didn't say, and so are you. You know, I I say that to you, Charmaine, and to you, Tracy. You know, uh, your husbands both have gone to be with Jesus I know Char- Charmaine, was it been, maybe a month and a half or two? Yeah. And and, and now here you are in the earth. You're still here. So it's not over for you. There's still things God has for you to do. And it's not over for any of us. No matter how dark it gets, no matter what the world looks like, we have courage because God is with us. Just like Moses said he would be the, with Joshua. God told him after Moses died, I will be with you as I was with Moses. And I tell you, God is with us. It's just us operating in that understanding that God is with us. I was reading in my faith to faith and brother Copeland was talking about, uh, David and it was, I think it's first Samuel somewhere, but when David realized that he was the King, you know, he went through a lot with Saul. He went through a lot of time where he had been anointed the king, but he didn't live in the office of the king. And so he was persecuted by Saul for a number of years. But in that persecution, somewhere along the way, uh, God exalted David, and Saul was defeated. And in that place, it says, and David said, I am the king. I, I am, how many of you know there's a revelation when you realize who God's made you to be? You know, I am a child of God. I, I am uh, the, the daughter of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You know, he has made a way for me where there was no way. When those things become revelation to us, then be able to, we're able to walk with that courage. And tonight, the last one I want to uh, talk about, I felt like God wanted me to talk about was integrity. Um, I, I don't think there's a, a great deal of integrity today in in situations, and and I've experienced it some in the last few months in dealing with things. You know, uh, with my parents, sometimes it's well if we just don't talk about this, or we just don't say this, then maybe we can just slip this through. And uh, you know, we were in one situation with my dad and my mom, and they're 93, and they're 90. My mom will be 91, and uh, they're old school. Everybody say old school. <laughs> And uh, it was a situation where it would be to their benefit uh, if the conditions were the way that they, th- that they could actually uh, be benefited financially. Uh, but it wasn't really the full truth. How many of you know full truth, part truth, full truth? And in that situation, we were sitting there, and as I was listening to the person talk, um, I heard one word that they said. And the word was occupy. And when I heard it, I said, "Uh, does this mean that they would have to occupy this residence? And she said, yes. I said, they don't occupy the residence. Their furniture's in it, but they're not in it. And it was like silence, you know, like, well, you know, it's kind of a gray area. Everybody say a gray area. Everybody say integrity. And uh, my mom said... We we won't do that, we won't do that. And uh, my dad doesn't open his eyes very much when he's sitting talking anymore. But with his eyes shut, he said, "No, no, we won't do that." You know, there's a, you know there's a place in us uh, where God has made us to walk with integrity. And I will tell you this: I, this is the title of the message, integrity. Imitate or be intimidated. Imitate Jesus or be intimidated by the world. And it makes a difference. It, it Truly, when we imitate Christ, he is on our side. When we are intimidated by the world or by necessity, by need, by anything other than being uh, quickened by the Spirit of God is what's right and wrong. How many of you have ever been in a gray area situation? I, I've been in those before. And, and I've, some I've done right, some I haven't done right. Because... In the world today, there's so much pressure to just say, let's just do it like this. You know, it's really not going to make that much difference. How many of you know in the kingdom of heaven, it does make a difference? How many of us want the blessing? Yeah, well, then it makes a difference. Integrity makes a difference. And so I just want to give you a few examples of this. Um, In Deuteronomy 7, if you have your Bible, you can turn there, but it's God speaking to the children of Israel. This is the second generation that's going to go into the promised land. Therefore, he's going to go over all of the Ten Commandments again with them and repeat what was told the first generation back in Exodus. And uh, and so he's told them, you know, really basically... Um, what he, what is expected of them and he talks about the blessing and obedience and uh he first he says you're a chosen people exactly what we read over in first peter and he he tells them uh in verse 6 of chapter 7 you're a holy people to the lord your god the lord your god has chosen you to be a people for himself a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth and then he goes on and talks to them that, that he's made a, he's going to make a way for them to inherit or be given the promised land. It's not something they're going to do. But he does say, in let's look at verse uh, twelve of that same chapter. Then it shall come to pass because you listen to these judgments, or what would be the would be to us the Ten Commandments, the the rules that God put out there not to hurt us, but to protect us and keep us in the place of blessing. How many will live in the place of blessing? These are not these won't save you. They just keep you walking in a place of integrity. And it says, it shall come to pass, if you listen to these judgments and keep them and do them, that the Lord your God will keep with you the covenant and the mercy which he swore to your fathers. Everybody say, God is a covenant-keeping God. When we operate according to the covenant, God will always take care of us in that place. And so it goes on. It says, if you do that, he will love you and bless you and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your land, your grain, your new wine, your oil, the increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flock, and the land of which he swore to give your your fathers to give you. And he goes on and talks about all these blessings. Then he says, if you should say in your heart, these nations are greater than I... How can I dispossess them? You shall not be afraid of them, for you shall remember well what the Lord your God did for, to Pharaoh and to all of Egypt. The great trials which your eyes saw, the signs, the wonders, the mighty hand, and the outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out. Turn your neighbor and say, he will bring you out. Now, he not only brings you out, but he brings you out to bring you in. He takes you out of your mess to bring you into a place that is much better than where you've been. But all of this, everybody say all of this, is contingent upon you walking in obedience to what he says to do. And so, everybody say, that's keeping integrity. Keeping integrity. And, and when we keep the integrity of the word, then he says, don't even be afraid if they try to dispossess you, how many of have ever been a place where you've been threatened that, uh, you know, if you don't pay your rent, you're going to be out of here. If you don't pay this bill, your lights are going off. If you're, da, da, da. okay. When you walk in the integrity of the word, then you know that God is going to take care of you in that place. Cause it says so right here. The, those are nations to some people, I mean we do a lot of uh help with benevolence in our church helping people and and there are a lot of people that we help with electric bills and gas bills and bills that have just gotten ahead of them in the winter time and we've we 've helped them in that place because that 's what we we try to do now we can 't always be everything to everybody, but how many of you know the church is where people should come for help it, it, we shouldn 't have to go down to the Area four or the welfare department, but by the same token, everybody say, by the same token, if we're not walking according to the will and plan of God, then the curse is going to be there and it is going to get in our business. And so, to stop that, we just begin to obey God. And sometimes that takes a real standing in a place of hardship and saying, I'm not changing. I'm going to do what God says. And out of this, I will be delivered. Everybody say delivered. Because it says right here, he'll deliver you out of those places and take care of you. As I was looking at this integrity, um, actually, I had asked my husband to preach tonight because uh, for a few years there, uh, Dr. Thelma Snuggs, who's in our church, she's a professor at Purdue. She had Pastor Bill come over and teach on integrity to her classes at Purdue in retail management and things like that. Boy, you would not believe the answers that young people give to situational ethics, so to speak. What would you do if these were the the two situations? What would you do? Uh, I believe that we are in a time where people think wrong is right in a lot of situations. And if things are a little questionable, we go with whatever benefits us, not necessarily what would be integrity. And uh, as I looked at this definition, uh, Pastor Bill gave it to me too, but it's in the dictionary, integrity, a firm adherence to a code of especially moral values, incorruptible, everybody say incorruptible, undivided. And uh, you know, the Bible is a, a, a code of ethics, of moral values. How, how many of you would agree to that? Um, And so the Ten Commandments are also, in our nation, the Ten Commandments are what have been removed from as many places as possible by our government. Uh, Everything in our school system has been moved away from a moral code of excellence or uh, any kind of uh, do's and don'ts according to the truth of the word of God. Now, God didn't put those in there to hurt the children of Israel. He put them in there to protect them from their enemy. Everybody say, I have an enemy. He's an adversary. He's the devil. And he does go around as a roaring lion and he seeks whom he may devour. And so incorruptible, um, Inca- incapable of being corrupted, not subject to dis- decay or dissolutions, incapable of being bribed or morally corrupted. How many would say in our newspapers you see a lot of that? Of corruption. Corruption. Uh, that's what it's going to be in the last days. We're going to look different because we're of the incorruptible seed. That's what it says in 1 Peter, right before it talks about the chosen generation. It says you are born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. What does that mean? You are, when you're born again, it says you're born of the water of of the flesh, but you're now born of the spirit. Everybody say incorruptible. The inside person inside of you is incorruptible. Now our flesh is liable to do most anything. How many of you would agree? That you know, in a tight place, our flesh might not do what it's supposed to, but it says you're redeemed you're you're not redeemed with corruptible things, and I want to read this to you. Would you put first peter uh that's first Peter one, eighteen and nineteen up there for me, please Sandy knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Say, I am am. incorruptible. That's the way you are made in the kingdom of God. When you imitate who Jesus has made you to be, you stand in a position where you cannot be corrupted by the systems that are in this world. Um, it says in 1 Samuel that when David um, encountered Goliath, he, he, when he saw how he was speaking to the children of Israel, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? What he was saying was, this giant has no covenant with God. He cannot... Stand against me, I will defeat him, and we all know the story with the stone slings the stone and and the and the giant is defeated. Why was that giant defeated i don 't know whether the stone did it or not be a little it'd be a traumatic little stone that hit some guy in the top of the head and he fell over dead. But I believe it was that confession of who he said he was because he was basically saying, "You have no chance against me." because I'm in covenant with the living God. Now, when you stand in that position in a dark world, then you know you have the victory. How many of you are ready to have victory where you are? I'm ready to have some victory in some situations I'm facing. And also at Ziklag, he had the same thing. He, the armies, his enemy armies came in, t- stole his wives, stole his children, not only his, but all of his men. Everybody, Everybody was taken in that raid. And, and it says that all of his own people were ready to stone him, but he he inquired of the Lord. Everybody say inquired of the Lord. See, when when we inquire of God in a situation where we're intimidated, I believe I believe the enemy was intimidating David. I believe even his own people were intimidating him at that point because they wanted to stone him. They were blaming him for the whole situation. But in that moment of intimidation, he asked the Lord what to do. If you look at Jesus' life and you study the scriptures, it says he would ask his father what to do. It says he only said what his father told him to say. He only did what his father told him to do. And it says he never failed in his entire time in the earth to do what he was. He never sinned the entire time. And as I was looking at his life, um, I was thinking about, you know, right off the bat in, in Luke 4 when he was in the wilderness. It says the Spirit led him into the wilderness. And, and he faced intimidation. Everybody say intimidation. The devil began to intimidate him to try to get him to, to do something that really, uh, all of the three things he intimidated him with were true about him. It just wasn't used in the right way. And, and so in all three of those situations, he imitated the father. He said, it is written. It is written. He never failed one of those three tests because he did what the father would have him do. And I believe in the in the day we're living in we're going to be faced more and more with these situations. I was watching this year um, in our government in down in Indianapolis and uh, we, it, two of our senators in Indianapolis they both changed their vote on an issue in the government and they changed which in their change, they were against truly the word of God in their change. They started out this way, and they ended up over here. Everybody say intimidation. Intimidation. It's in every arena of our lives every day. And I felt like what God said to me, the only way to defeat intimidation is to imitate Christ. It's not to get up and scream and yell and tell people how bad they are. It's to walk in the love of God, but remain walking with courage. Everybody say courage. And not speaking what other people speak, speaking the truth, but speaking it in love. In other words, we know what the Word of God says, so we imitate the Father. And um, I want to give you this example because I thought it was just a really good one. I was um, looking at the newspaper, and then my husband told me, Uh, How many of you know Hobby Lobby? I mean, you all go to Hobby Lobby. They're in the Supreme Court right now in a battle because they do not want to conform to the part of the insurance, I believe it's Obamacare, that says they have to uh, be responsible for giving women uh, contraceptives and the pill that uh, aborts babies uh, day after or night after, night day after the night pill or whatever it's called. In other words, they don't want to be any part of that. Amen. Amen. How many of you think that's right? That's right. But you know what? They are being intimidated. It said, and you know who's intimidating the most in the court? The women judges are the ones that are giving them the biggest battle in that situation. Everybody say deception. Deception. Now, you know, uh, they just have gone all the way to the Supreme Court. They're just still standing on what they believe is the truth. I believe we're going to be put in positions like that. But in those positions, I believe God is going to honor us and God is going to protect us. And God will get the glory out of the situation. Uh, The people that had that are the same people that rescued Oral Roberts University and put all of their money into that university to rescue it when it was about to go down because they knew that it was one of the few Christian universities in the United States that taught on the Holy Spirit of God, and they didn't want it to fail. And so they took their money, millions of dollars, and invested it in young people so that the truth of the word of God would go into those young people, and they would continue to fulfill the vision that God gave that university. Everybody say, thank God for people of integrity. And, uh, I believe, I believe we're going to be called on to, to be like this. Um, I was thinking about, um, was it Phil? Who's, who are those people that the duck people that you love the duck people, (laughs) duck dynasty, you know, (laughs) pastor Bill loves them. (laughs) And so does all my, all my family. (laughs) But uh, I, I think they're kind of funny. Some, you know, I've seen a few of them. But but he really likes. He's got a daily journal that he reads of <laughs> Duck <laughs> Dynasty. He gets a good word from the day for the day from Phil. But um, isn't it Phil the guy that you get it from? But you know, Phil got in trouble recently. How many? How many of you know that? And uh, and they threatened to take him off the air. And he said, "So take me off the air." Everybody say intimidation. It did not work. He didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't, he didn't go say much of anything except, so take me off the air. I'm not changing what I believe. That says something to a dark world. That says something to people who are struggling with, is there any hope for where I live? Is there any hope for who I am? And uh, I looked at Jesus, and one of my favorite stories is in John chapter 8. And um, we'll close with this story, and then I just have a couple other scriptures. But, uh, you know, Jesus constantly encountered problems from religious people and um and in in this particular one he he talks to them and he he says could you put up the first um let's look at 25. Let's, let's just look at all of this. It's so, it's so good. Then they said to him, Who are you? They're asking Jesus. And he said to them, Just what I have been saying to you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. How many of you think that'd be a good idea that we begin to speak to the world? Those things that he has spoken to us. They did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. Then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he. And that I do nothing of myself, just as my Father taught me, I speak these things that please him. Everybody say that please him. And uh, I think, you know... The tendency today is more for pleasing self than pleasing God, and so therefore those things aren't being spoken. And he who sent me is with me. The Father's not left me alone, for I'll always do those things that please him. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to them, to to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the You shall know the what? Truth. So what is truth? Because integrity is based upon truth, not what people think. This is truth. Everybody say the word is truth. And then it says, It'll make you free. They answered and said, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say, You will be made free? Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And slaves and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Turn to everybody and say, I'm free. I'm free. Indeed. Yes, you are. If you know Jesus, you're free indeed. Then it goes on and he has a a really um, a debate with them. But he remains, he remains strong even through their intimidation. Everybody say intimidation. And it says, it goes on in verse 37 and, and they begin to challenge him. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you've done you've seen with your father. (laughs) How many of you know that probably wasn't what they wanted to hear? But he said, I only speak what my father speaks. So he continues. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I have proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come from myself. But he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil. Now, at this point, I'm sure somebody was getting a little upset. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there was no truth in him. How many of you know when, when the enemy is identified for who he is, it makes people free? Even if they get angry. Uh, you know, just, I just want to say this, and, and I know because I have ministered to people in lifestyles that really um, they want to be free from. And God made them free. He, he did set them free. Um, diversity, watch out for these words. Diversity is a word that's now being misused. It's used for everything. And you can't mix sin up with the word diversity and make it be all right. That's just all I'm going to say. You can't do that because diversity is not about sin being okay. It is it is about that there is no racial difference between us. But there is a difference when sin becomes a qualification that says it's okay and it can be diversity. And see, now our government is even making it where people, when they work in places, have to sign off on all these kind of things. We are in an opportunity to be a light in a very dark world. And and I believe God is going to give us the courage to do it. I believe there are situations and circumstances. It says in Romans 1, 16 and 17, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for in it is the power, everybody say the power, of God to salvation. Then it goes on and it says, the just shall live by faith. And I believe that's what we're going to do. It says in Romans 5, 17, that we will reign in this life. Turn to your neighbor and say, I reign we reign in this life because we belong to Jesus. Uh, if you could put that one. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace. Turn your name and say, that's me. How many of you need grace? Grace is God's ability in us, not our ability. And it says, and of the gift of righteousness will reign in this life through the one Jesus Christ. Um, it says in the book of 1 John, you cannot love the world because... In the world, uh, you, you can't walk in both places. You can't love the world and, and really love God. How many of you would say that's becoming more and more evident? I, I believe that it's going to even become more and more evident in the last days. And I want to end with Second Timothy 3, if you could put that up. Second um, Timothy 3. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. How many of you believe in the last year we've seen things, even in our nation, that say this is where we are? How many of you saw the Boston Marathon? and what happened in that situation. Just a race some people were running. Uh, Situations all over the world, things that are happening. I believe it's time for the church to get in position, like my husband's been preaching, uh, preaching, 2014, positioned for victory. I believe we'll be positioned for victory when integrity, courage, and those things that God has put before us begin to light up in our life in a very dark world. Amen.